Welcome to the podcast. My name is Art Mac. Today we are going to speak about Donald Trump um, at the border, Biden at Surfside, Trump's rally for in Florida, um, Trump's uh, 2024, and um, also... We're going to speak about the new app called Getter, G-E-T-T-R, Getter. Um, the guidance, uh, stupid guidance um, for New Jersey 2021-2022 school year. How I feel is terrible. Um, some school and some some school boards might make might have to make a real big decision before I come in and yell at them. So, if you're in the school board and you're in Teaneck and you're listening to this podcast, you better make a decision very fast before. I come into your school board and yell at your school board for making us to wear masks for next year. So, this is the Living and Journey podcast, the most powerful and conservative podcast in the world, and greatest podcast um, that we run. About New Jersey, about Australia, about Israel, about the UK also. We talk about the UK a lot and Australia a lot also. Mainly all about a lot of con- country. We're worldwide uh, listeners, by the way. We have worldwide listeners. Israel, Ireland, Australia... Um, newly, we have people listening from Mexico, people listening from, um, down in, um, Joburg, which is Johannesburg. Um, a lot of, a lot of people are, are listening to our podcast and, um, and it's great. A lot of people listen from America, but it's great that we are getting a lot of people from other countries listening to my podcast, and it's wonderful. We can we we got to continue um, telling people out there the most the greatest MAGA person, Ari Mack, um, who's speaking up about. A lot of stuff like CRT, critical race theory, um, and politics about masking. Um, I'm going to speak about the way how the left is going to continue about the mask rules. And and we are, I'm not going to wear, I'm not going to, when I, when, when the school year starts... 
I'm just gonna step into my building without a mask. I'm not gonna have a mask on me because I'm fully vaccinated. I had COVID. I'm like, if they if they want to have me wearing a mask, I'm like, and temperature. By the way, they had this stupid temperature checking thing that nobody. Um, at first they they used it, then but like, let's say, January time. Never used it. Never. Basically, we're talking September, November. September, October, November, December. Basically, five months after, like, January 6th, basically. Um, they stopped using it. We're also going to speak about January 6th. I have a lot of stuff about it. Um, Crazy Nancy Pelosi... We're going to speak about it today. Um, so we have a lot of stuff. Also going to speak about Clay Travis show. Um, replacement of Rush Limbaugh. How I feel. How it's kind of it's kind of a good show, but it's a weird way. That We're also going to speak about the latest on the investigation of the coronavirus and. And a lot of Passaic news. So, let's get into it. Um, and also, we're going to update you about Surfside. Um, Number-wise and prayer-wise also. So, I know this is a long intro, but it's going to be a long show. Um, and also, by the way, this, this weekend is... Uh, July 4th weekend, and we're going to celebrate it with a great podcast. Um, on, on Sunday, whenever this podcast is sent out, probably I'm going to have it up on Sunday. Um, we're going to, we're, we're going to have a special edition on probably Monday. Um, we're going to probably have a special edition for Monday and we'll probably have it up and running. Um, and we'll play, we'll talk about MAGA. We'll talk about the new conservative movement. I want to speak about the new conservative patriotic, um, we're going to speak about the, how the Republicans can take the House and the Senate and the White House. We're going to speak about that. Um, and how we can talk about it. So, that's the topics for today, um, on the agenda. Lots of stuff within three hour, three to four hours, um, three hour podcast. So... It's a lot. I know. Um, and this is a podcast that a lot of people listen in the car or even um, on the way to work or even on the way home. And it's a wonderful thing. People tell me like they have like they have like long drives. Like let's say you're a trucker or and or even a um, 
or even a, uh, let's say, a, um, you're anybody. Anybody drives. This is a podcast that people listen to while listening, while driving. It's great. So let's get into it. Here we go. But first, let's get into our sponsors before our podcast. Hi, it's Ari Mac. Have you heard about my pillows? My pillow slippers. It's wonderful and great to wear. My pillow slippers are easy to put on, easy to take off. You could go. You could use the, my pillow slippers anywhere. Out, outdoors, indoors. Use them for work. Use them for the kitchen. I recommend my pillow slippers. Go to mypillow.com and use the promo code radio and you'll get 30% off when you use the code radio. And also or call 1-800 or call them and you'll get the promo code radio. Go to mypillow.com and you'll see you'll get that that um my pillow is the guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever know own i don't have a my pillow but mike lundell is a great guy um if you are a listener on this podcast use code radio and you'll save a lot of money they have bathrobes they have blankets they have adjustable base they have a a, uh, mattress foundation Um, they have towels they have dog beds yes dog beds pretty much everything that you need so call them Give them a call or even go to MyPillow.com and you'll save a lot of money on a lot of stuff. And they ran out of the robes a while, um, a couple months ago and they're restocked. So get that robe before they run out again. Um, you might want to get that robe before they run out again. So call now by calling 800-544-8939. 800-544-8939. Or go to MyPillow.com. And when you call, you say, say code radio. A very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today is July 5th. What a weekend. We have a lot to talk about. Um, especially, um, to talk about our podcast. So let's get to it. Um, but first we are, we have our sponsors and, um, we had our sponsors earlier. So we talk about what's happening in uh, New Jersey. 
just now they're uh, they're 2021 2022 school year guidance school year guidance do i need guidance in order to go why do i need guidance in order to go to school next year guidelines in order to go to school next year because a i'm fully vaccinated and i'm haven't worn a mask for who knows like all the masks on our show about the diapers um because I'm it. well let's read this um this is from june 29th from uh covid19 dot here's the latest i get these you know, um because i want i wanted to see i want i want to see what is going on in new jersey and what nonsense in New Jersey. Tell everybody what, what nonsense we can discuss it on air. And so here's the um, latest. Oh, here we go. 2021-2022 season. All students are in person instruction for the 2021-2022 school year. Parents and or guardians will not be able to opt their children out of in-person instruction as allowed in 2020 and 2021 school year. So public health guidance in person learning means the Department of the Education in partnership with the Department of Health has proceeded detailing recommendation designing that designated Designed um, to provide a healthy, safe environment for the school year, uh, for the for the students and staff during the 2021 and 2022 school year. So, what does it mean? I'm gonna click on the guidance document um, and read it to everybody. If it's a long one, it, I won't read it as long because we have a lot today. Um, open it up. Holy crap, it is long. Um, so, you can go to the uh, the website, but I'm going to continue reading. Um, so, these strategies or recommendations are not mandatory standards. The absence of one or more, these strategies should not be, should not prevent school facilities from opening for a full day in-person operation. Where possible, the department's recommendations should be used to develop a layered op approach to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Um, and schools should, be, should implement as many layers feasible. For full details, these recommendations referred and um, New Jersey Department of Education um, and Department of Health. They have a whole guidance on that. So the, the strategies procedures include, but are not limited to, following. Um, most K through 12 will have a mixed population between fully vaccinated, partially vaccinated, and unvaccinated. Here we go. At any given time, thereby requiring layering um, pre preventing preventative 
measures protect individuals who are fully who are not fully vaccinated. Local education education agencies, which is the LEAs, are encouraged to have a system um, placed determine the vaccination status of students or st- and staff. However, if in um, if a system in place determine the vaccination status um, if an um, LEA is unable to determine the vaccination status individual students or staff those individuals should be considered not fully vaccinated what does that mean what does that mean it means that we shouldn't give our our stuff to people who would like to know our our stuff it's the government who is running our country basically meanwhile lea should actively promote va- all eligible students vaccination el- eligibility expands leas um should be con- should consider school-wide vaccine coverage among um students and staff as an ev- additional metric to inform the need to prevent pre- preventive measures um, such as physical distancing and masking. All right, that's so the va- that's the vaccine stuff. Here we go. The worst part they've ever seen in my life. All right, here we go. Updated CDC on masking in this setting expected prior to start the the 2021-2022 school year and will factor into the final recommendations from the state um, for masking this fall. However, bearing the significant change in health metrics, um, school districts will be able to determine masking policy um, at the local level regardless of the district's policy on masking. Schools cannot prevent students or staff from wearing masks if they choose. Masks must be worn on all passengers of buses regardless of vaccination status per CDC. How stupid does that sound, by the way? How ridiculous does that sound? We have to go through another whole year of this stupid nonsense. So they say... Those physical distancing recommendation must not be, um, must not prevent a school from offering full day, full time in person learning. All students of 2021 2022 school year, LEA should consider implementing physical distancing, um, measures as an effective, um, COVID 19 prevention strategy, um, to the extent that they are equipped to do so while uh, providing regular school year operation to all students and staff in person. During the period's high community transmission or if the vaccine is cover- coverage is low, if the maximal if if the uh, maximal social distancing recommendations below cannot um, be p- maintained 
uh, LEAs should be where should where possible um, prioritize other um, measures, including masking, screening, testing, and cohorting. This is really, really stupid. They have parents screening. They're telling everybody that parents, they strongly tell everyone to, um, to do screening, testing still. This is New Jersey government, um, Department of Education. Ladies and gentlemen, how ridiculous is our government? Um, how ridiculous is our government? Our government is telling us to... I thought our government told us that COVID's over. We lifted the state of emergency. We lifted everything. We lifted every single mask mandate that can be placed. How in the world can this be possible? How in the world can a governor can say something but make up his mi- cannot make up his mind by saying we are going to have a school year with masks and social distancing even if from you're fully vaccinated I would not go to school I'll be broadcasting all year, all year round and doing my job, making money all year round, if that happens. That's why we have to fight for America, ladies and gentlemen, because it's ridiculous what's going on in the school board right now. It's ridiculous what's going on around the world. Our government wants to be in charge of the um, what's going on. Our government wants to be in charge of every single thing. I was speaking to somebody yesterday and I, and he was telling me down in uh, down in Baltimore they defunded the police. And some some idiot went inside a store and they arrested this guy because just because of spraying on mace. They were trying to loot his store. And you and the guy just sprays the guy, the looters, in the face. He called the police twice. Nothing. And he got arrested because of that. How ridiculous does that sound? Not normal. It's not normal for America, ladies and gentlemen. It's not normal. Because whatever is normal continues to be normal to every single person in America. We're celebrating a day of uh, independence. On Friday was the um was the day of the constitution yesterday was the day of the independence 
today is the day of um observing the independence around the world. And we have and our country's not normal right now. We must fix it, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna continue about that. Because New Jersey government is has been messed up for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. For a long time. And we must <coughs> excuse me. We must fix it. By by saying by standing up with the by standing up having the right of every right you have every right ladies and gentlemen you have every right with everything coming up um, is wit we're gonna um talk about Hunter Biden and all these uh, nonsense um, people. But first, we have a ad. Let's go to commercial break, and then we'll go to a. Um, we're gonna play our news. We're gonna do our news section. But first, let's get to our ad and um, and our and our break. Have you ever had trouble with your um, garbage cans? Well, I'm sorry. Well, you got the smelliest garbage can in the world. Uh, your neighbors probably are complaining to you that you need that can cleaned. So, we got a solution for you. Go to simplycans.com and they make that can very clean. And smell a lot better. Simply Cans is uh, it serves the northern New Jersey and metropolitan area. Been in service um, for a long time. Facebook page, the how many reviews and greatest stuff. Also, Simply Cans has a YouTube channel. You can see what they do, and Instagram. You can see their greatest stuff. They call them at eight six six nine two seven four two two six. Simply Cans. Um, that's 866-927-4226. Prices range um, are starting at are are starting at 950 monthly each can. You can cancel within 30 days. Quarterly prices 1450. That's um, one cleaning every three months. Cancellations. Are that are pretty are within 30 days of that uh, from that cleaning for mention have your um your entire block cleaned each can have your block cleaned and call them with your service simply cans the one and only greatest can greatest can cleaning Welcome back, everybody. My name is R. Mac. Um, before it was a great um ad. That was a wonderful ad. All right. Um, so Hunter Biden. 
the entire Biden family is in trouble because they got busted for connection between the Wuhan lab. How about that? The Wuhan lab. Everybody has been talking about this for a long time and I am and no one is saying anything. Hunter Biden. I'm looking at a picture actually. He looks scared. Because he is scared because he he got busted for um for having a huge connection between Wuhan. He was covering up a lot of stuff. What was he covering up? A lot. I'm not sure what it was, but it was crazy. <sighs> Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson. You know him? I, I'm sure you know him. He makes a uh, huge announcement. Tucker announces a whistleblower confirmed the NSA is plotting to leak info to get in his show pulled off air. Remember that. Ladies and gentlemen, how about this? But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now that's a shock. Is that crazy? Is that crazy? It's literally like China. Can claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. This morning we filed a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, asking for all information that the NSA and other agencies have gathered about this show. We did it mostly as a formality. We've also contacted the press office at both NSA and the FBI. We don't expect to hear much back. That's the way that usually goes. Only Congress can force transparency on the intelligence agencies. He should do that immediately. Spying on opposition journalists is incompatible with democracy. If they are doing it to us, and again, they are definitely doing it to us, they are almost certainly... So, how about that? That's a ridiculous. Remember when, my goodness, man oh man. Remember when uh, Joe Biden gave that, uh, that ridiculous um, card? Probably, that's one of the places uh, that he gave um, stuff. Probably one of that. Um. Oh. How about this? Jim Acosta. By the border. Gets grilled. By the border. Listen to this. Here's CNN. Jim Acosta asked Trump. About the uh, January 6th. 
They all they only love about they all love about they all love about they don't like to talk about January 6th. Here we go. He said, will you apologize about January 6th? And then he got booed like crazy. How about that? How about that? Meanwhile, we have a lot. Um, Trump launches a new social media platform um, on new app called Getter. G-E-T-T-R. Getter. We are locate. We are on Getter, um, which is a brand new Trump type of social media free speech, and it's wonderful. Um, I want everybody to follow us. Our name is Real Ari. Our name is Real Ari Mac. Real Ari Mac. R E R E A L A R I M A C K. That's our name on Getter. You can find us on there. Um, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful platform. I recommend everybody to get it. Getter. Get Getter. Yep. Alright, let's get to our uh, videos. We have a lot of videos today. And very little time, actually. Um, and this uh, Surfside situation has gone crazy. So here we go. This gut-wrenching tragedy is creating a ripple effect at the state level. And leaders are already talking about changing laws to prevent this from ever happening again, likely to join the 40-year recertification laws that are already in place. Our own Glenna Milberg spoke one-on-one -on -one with the governor. For more on that and the push for answers, Glenna. Yeah, the governor has been here almost every day since the collapse. Uh, he's got a lot of layers of connections here. One of them is this temple that we were here Monday, a week ago, Monday, a week ago, Monday. Uh, and this is where he signed a couple of state bills to great fanfare. A week and a half seems like a lifetime ago now in Surfside. Governor is here. Uh, the answers that will come from what they find eventually about how that building collapse will absolutely be a watershed for new laws. We talked about that with the governor a lot. He's been with the, with the family and uh, the families today. And we also talked about this 2018 engineering report that is now public. We talked a lot about it. You'll hear another report about it uh, that literally shows concrete structural deficiencies and a warning to have that fixed. The governor has now seen that Here's a little bit about what he had to say. We need a definitive explanation of, of how this could have happened. I mean, to have a building just collapse is not something that's normal. We did a look ahead with the governor, now knowing an engineer documented deteriorating concrete in Champlain Tower South three years ago. This is really a wake-up call, and I think these communities are going to have to look at this, and particularly as they have inspections, if there are things identified, you know, they're going to have to take it seriously. No one just blocks away. <laughs> Mattresses, 
clothing, toys. There's so many volunteers doing incredible things. The outpouring being packed into a truck is just outside the Shul of Bell Harbor, the temple where inside dozens have come for a prayer service. The congregation itself rocked by a significant number of members and families who live at Champlain Towers and now among the missing. Those holes will offer always, they will be there forever. Uh, but we, what we can do is honor the, the people that are not going to be there by living the life the way they lived, uh, living the life helping others. The tense and tedious recovery work goes on blocks away, blocks where almost everyone is connected or related to a family in crisis right now, whether waiting for news or those who survive and now have nothing. Meanwhile... Let's continue with their news. It's the southern border. All right, more than 90 days after being tapped by President Joe Biden to run the crisis at our southern border, Vice President Kamala Harris finally visited the southern border on Friday. She wasn't there long, but she did go. Joining us now to talk more about this is Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, whose district is the largest of... Donald Trump visited the border. It was wonderful. Um, we have a lot to cover um, in a later segment, um, in a later part of the podcast um is the u.s government hiding the truth on aliens how about that there's a lot of been, there's a lot of ufos on ufos it was all right now to ufos i was serious after six months of waiting the u.s intelligence community uh u.s intelligence community finally released their long-awaited report on ufos it was uh, it was a, a real barn burner here it was nine whole pages um, the report looked at 144 instances of unidentified aerial phenomena between 2004 and 2021, better known as UFOs. Are little green men real? This nine pages tried to unravel that. And for more, I want to bring in the former uh, former British government UFO investigator Nick Pope. He's been on with us many times before. He's also featured prominently in the hit show on the History Channel, Ancient Aliens, one of my favorites. Nick, good morning. Nice to see you. Good morning. So... What do we think of this report? Well, it's a mixed bag. And the important thing to stress is this is just a preliminary assessment. So there is more work going on as we speak. And uh, the upshot of the nine-page preliminary assessment is we don't know. It says, well, it could be this, it could be that. It runs through exotic weather phenomena. It talks about the possibility that some of this could be adversarial technology, Russia, China, uh, secret prototype drones, that sort of thing. And then it talks mysteriously about the other category. It doesn't mention the word extraterrestrial or alien, but they have not ruled that out. So we have to wait and see now what further work they do and what Congress makes of this. Is that deliberate, leaving out extraterrestrial little green men? Do you think they did that on purpose like they've been doing, I think, for the last you know century or so, just kind of keeping the truth from the American people? I think it's a very deliberate policy decision, yes, not to put the word extraterrestrial in there, mm. even though I, I fully understand from, from my sources that there is a faction within the U.S. military and the intelligence community that is certainly taking that pretty seriously. And if you listen to some of the interviews uh, with various uh, senators and Congress people about that, some of them are saying, well, it doesn't seem likely that it's Russia or China, or, and it, we've certainly managed to eliminate the fact that it's our own U.S. black project technology. And so even some of the lawmakers are hinting 
that it might be extraterrestrial, but sometimes you have to read through the lines yeah. with, with these sorts of things. So I, I'm eager to see the full report. Uh, this was sort of a letdown for me. I read all nine pages. It took me about nine minutes. It wasn't a very detailed report. But I'll tell you, and we've got some of the video, Nick, of, of some of these, these UFOs, these unidentified flying objects. And, and here's my, my issue with if this is Chinese or Russian technology, and I think we've got the video, but if, if what you're looking at, if this really is Chinese or Russian technology, they are like a century ahead of where we are here in the U.S., and that should scare the heck out of people. It should. And uh, I, I think, to some extent, maybe putting Russia and China into the report like that is, is meant to scare people and meant to say to Congress, look, we need more resources for this. We need to put more effort into this. I think the problem we've had is that this subject has been stigmatized for decades, and pilots, particularly, who regularly see these things have right. been reluctant to report them so the, the sightings looked at in the report are just the tip of the iceberg sadly a lot of things have gone unreported that's changing now but the report did talk and this was very interesting yeah. about uh, some cases where there is evidence of radio frequency energy and some where there is evidence of signature management so this is all about energy sources propulsion systems and possible countermeasures. They're saying, whatever this is, there's a technology here. You see, I, I, I just wish they had clearer windows so we could see into the spacecraft and be like, look, there, that's an alien. There it is, right there. Uh, Nick Pope, I'm so fascinated by this. I appreciate your time. You're so generous to come on with us again. Um, let's do this again when the full report comes out. But I'm telling you, I, I expected more from this. I wanted more, I'll say that. Thank you, Nick, good to see you. There was. A U.S. Olympic track and field trial on Saturday. And one of the women athletes, Gwen Berry, was a hammer thrower. Okay. Speaking of, speaking of using hammers to smack down our opponents, Gwen Berry was there. She placed third. There are two other athletes there in the trials. And they begin playing the national anthem. So the, the two good patriotic athletes stood and faced the flag with their hands on their hearts. And this anti-American narcissist, Gwen Berry, turned to the side, hand on her hip, to take a photo. She's probably auditioning to be the next Nike spokesman. And she refused to respect the flag. She, unfortunately, I guess she's still going to go to the Tokyo Olympics with the United States. Now, if I were running the show, I would not permit that. I would kick her off of the team because she obviously hates her country, and therefore we should not have her representing our country at the Olympics. I don't care. She may or may not be a good athlete. I, I can't say that I'm familiar with her, her accomplishments, but I don't care if she's the best athlete on the team. She hates her country. So get off the... You don't have a right to be on the team if you hate your country. It's a very basic thing. The, the entire point of the Olympics is to go and represent the best and the strongest and the most wonderful of our country and to put our country first. So... The, she begins to play. She, she then wears a T-shirt that says activist athlete. She then tweets out a, a picture of it. She says, stop playing with me. I wish we would stop playing with this woman. I wish she would not play on the American Olympic team. And then she said, my purpose and my mission is bigger than sports. I'm here to represent those who died due to systemic racism, whatever that is. Uh, that's the important part. That's, that's why I'm going. That's why I'm here today. Goodness gracious me. Kick 
this gal off the team. This is what, what worries me. If CRT and intersectionality and critical theory broadly were just confined to a handful of Marxist cranks in the academy, that would be one thing. If it were, as, as Joy Reid pretends that it is, just confined to Harvard Law School, that would be fi- fine. It, would, it would, wouldn't be good, but Harvard's kind of a lost cause at this point, so we'll just, we'll just let the, the institution rot. But the problem... My name is Hava. But the problem is, it bleeds out. I guess at the heart of this denial that CRT is is broader than just one law school's academic theory is this denial of the belief that ideas have consequences. A denial of the belief that when you have an idea, even if it begins in a law school, that it then has effects throughout the broader legal system, throughout the broader university system, throughout the broader culture. And it obviously does. This theory that places white supremacy and bigotry and wickedness and evil at the heart of of the American story. That is having an effect on our Olympic team, and and therefore it's a problem. Therefore, this little academic theory actually is a political problem for the community. Hey, don't you go before you leave me a comment. I took a trip out to... is gay. It is super duper gay. It is Liberace level gay. And that is not my opinion. Well, uh, that is my opinion, actually. But it, uh, what I'm saying is it's not my opinion. Uh, it is my opinion because the NFL says that it is true. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the NFL is lame or stupid. or Well, I actually am saying that the NFL is lame and stupid. But I'm not, I'm not using the word gay to mean lame and stupid like people do in middle school or anything like that. I'm sa- I just I want to be very clear. I am saying the NFL is gay in the narrow sense of men who are sexually attracted to men because that's what the National Football League tells me that it is. I've said it for years. I've said it for years that football is gay and I know that it's that seems ambiguous because I could be referring to soccer. But I, I also I could be referring to the NFL, and people thought I was being insulting, they thought that I was... I'm not. I'm trying to be very specific, and the NFL has just proven me right, yet again. NFL coming out with a very important commercial, describing itself, identifying itself as gay. Football is gay, they write. Football is lesbian, football is beautiful. Football is queer, exciting, transgender, power, bisexual, strong, freedom, American, accepting, everything. Football is everything, and football is for everyone, the NFL. And then at the end here, it says, NFL proudly supports Trevor Project. LGBT youth with at least one accepting adult have 40% lower risk of attempting suicide. Go to the trevorproject.org. Okay. First of all, this tactic here at the end is the tactic of an abusive husband. Because what they're saying is, if you do not get on board with Pride Month, and you do not say that football is gay, and everything is gay, and football is everything, if you do not get on board with that, then you are killing gay people. That's the implication. 
They're saying that if you do not get totally on board with Pride Month, then you are impelling people to kill themselves. Nobody is suggest. Nobody that I have ever met is suggesting that we should be cruel to people who, especially to young people who have unusual sexual desires. That we should ostracize them. That we should be, you know, vicious and mean. Yeah, it sounds really crazy. Let's go to. This one. Now that Senator Joe Manchin appears to have capitulated to the left when it comes to their massive multi-trillion dollar explosion of the welfare state, America could be inching closer toward higher taxes and the largest expansion of government since the 1960s. Now look, I've been saying this for years. The true aim of the democratic socialists isn't to help the poor or the marginalized, but to expand the dependent class in America. Not the middle class, the dependent class in America. And they're closer now than they've ever been. And, of course, the middle class are going to pay for it all. And you know what? For Democrats, it, that just seems to be fine. You know, putting greater financial strain on the middle class in this country means that they will be more likely to get sucked into more government programming. So with all the focus on infrastructure, we can't lose sight of the fact that the two biggest and perhaps most important fights our nation faces right now aren't about roads and bridges. It's about putting tens of millions more Americans on the government dole. So much so that the benefits could be considered a form of universal basic income, a key goal of the socialist movement in this country. It will have a long-term and profound impact on the economy and the net worth of everyone watching this program. Welfare programs under both political parties in Congress and the White House, both Republicans and Democrats, have expanded exponentially despite waste, fraud, abuse, and the abject failure of many of them to meet their stated goals. Remember, folks, we were all conned at one point into thinking that government programs were intended for the poor and the marginalized and those who needed a temporary hand up. Well, you know that went out the window decades ago. The Wall Street Journal had an excellent editorial yesterday that actually admonished Republicans over the growth of the welfare state. They said the media won't talk about the lies about the costs, and Republicans are so far missing in action because most Republicans these days are preoccupied with the culture war. Only the Tea Party fought Obamacare, but now most Beltway conservatives worry more about big tech than they do about big government. Well, in that, the Journal Editorial Board is correct. For decades, Republicans failed to stand up to the ballooning welfare state. Now, maybe perhaps they, they figured, you know, we'll have Kennedy and Clinton Democrats, moderate Democrats, take a measured approach to increase. moving vigil, dozens of people gathering on the beach to remember the victims of the Surfside collapse. Families are holding on to hope and each other as they wait for news about their missing loved ones. Local 10's Christian De La Rosa is there and is joining us live now with much more. Christian. Kevin, Nicole, I have to say that today has really been the lowest point for many of these families as this harsh reality is just beginning to sink in for many of them. 
for others, they're not giving themselves any option but to be hopeful. At least 200 people, many of them strangers to the families of those still unaccounted for, sharing in the silence and the pain. I can feel the pain that the family is carrying. It's now the fifth day. I have not lost any hope or faith. 23-year-old Martin Langesfeld is hopefully still waiting. His 26-year-old sister, Nicole, lived in 804 of the Chaplain Towers South with her husband, Louis. I know she's still there. I know. Keep fighting, baby girl. Keep fighting. We're waiting for you. On day five of the search and rescue efforts, more families chose to take the dreaded ride down to the site of the collapse for the first time. They were able to, some of them just kind of feel like they were closer to their family members. For some of them, they, they saw what they needed to see to perhaps start processing information that has been difficult to accept up to this point. Chances of us finding someone alive is diminishing with every hour that passes, but we're always gonna remain hope and we are still in a rescue mission. Helping these families in their darkest hour is a specialized trauma group here from Israel supporting them with their mental health. The waiting, the not knowing, leads to that sense of helplessness. You know, we've talked a lot about how many of the unaccounted for have loved ones overseas, and today officials told us they have yet to reach out or hear from many of the families of the unaccounted for, and so they are begging uh, people to come to the reunification center and offer a DNA sample to help speed up the process. Well, I've been Surfside. I'm Christian De La Rosa, the Bulletin. You know, there's something insane going on right now in D.C., folks. It's got me scratching my head. Do they really think we're that stupid? All right. Let's talk about Newsmax. Joy's Greg Kelly. Here we go. to fake news CNN and MSDNC and they said Fox hasn't been so great either have they this past Saturday on Newsmax we aired live coverage of former President Trump's rally in Wellington Ohio in its entirety this was Trump's first rally since leaving the White House so what were the competing networks like Fox doing well, they're airing regular programming as if nothing was even happening. Take a look at this. Newsmax beats Fox in key demos. Trump rally draws 3 million plus viewers. Joining me now is host of John Bachman Now, epitomously John Bachman. Welcome, John. Good to have you on. Good to be with you again, my friend. Great to be with you, Eric. Great to be in the, the, the guests on your show here on Newsmax. Well, I just fell in for Kelly. just fell in for the big, big news, guys, right? But having some fun. Um, yeah. Let's take a look at these numbers. These are amazing. These are fantastic. Take a look at that first full screen, if you don't mind. It's a breakdown of Newsmax's viewership during the rally. Um, Newsmax beat Fox in the very key demo during the rally. Check out that, Trump. There's, a, there's the numbers. Let's scroll through a couple of these, if you don't mind. According to Nielsen coverage ratings, Newsmax beat all of the fake news, including Fox, CNN, and MSNBC. Tell us a little bit about what happened. How did how, it, it, how did so many people decide to come and watch you guys at Newsmax here? 
Well, Eric, I remember one of the first lessons I learned from my first news director in this business when I just started out. Uh, you know, I was struggling to find stories, and I wanted to come to the morning meeting with a good story. And I asked her, I said, "What? You know, Estelle, that was her name. I said, you know, what do I do here? And she says, well, John, go to where the people are, and you'll find a story. And, that, and that's what we are doing here, Eric. You saw the crowd at the Trump rally, 30,000 people in Ohio in the middle of summertime. These folks were clamoring for this type of event. And so what we did is we went where the people were to cover that story. Obviously, there was a lot of interest in the rally. Ohio, you know, is a battleground state, at least it used to be. It's still a very big uh, area of interest for, you know, politicians. And so we went there and told a story. Lo and behold, the people tuned in to see what that story was. Of course, it doesn't hurt, you know, as you know, that Donald Trump does seem to have a, a way with these types of rallies and always brings uh, the on that that. You know, Newsmax took it, but Fox didn't. I, I, let's let's hone in on it. What, what do you think went? Well, Fox said, you know, what? it's a big winner for Newsmax. I, I think, quite honestly, I think there's an unwillingness um, to see, control the news cycle or the narrative or whatever you want to call it to cede that over to Donald Trump at this stage of the game. I think um, this kind of weird codependent relationship that the media have with Donald Trump, you heard him hint to, but they don't kind of admit that they for some reason these results. Maybe there's going to be a, a change the next time around. If they don't take it, maybe they'll cover it a different way. Who knows? Yeah, but, you know, I, I think it's important to note. He's got a, he's got a, yeah. uh, another one rally coming to Minnesota, Florida on Saturday. Newsmax is already there. They've already staked out the, the area that, that, that there's going to be a there's going to be people there reporting from it. You take the, the full, the, like last time, her Fox is going. Uh, who had that idea not Trump rally last? Well, you can leave the meeting right now, and, and they may change pivot. Hope they don't, kind of like having millions right. of viewers. Proven is that here first, kind of when it comes to the value of covering these events, people, Eric, you know, they thank you, which is a humbling thing to hear from uh, a boy that wasn't there. They didn't feel like Fox. And we've seen uh, the people defect from Fox and come over to us. It's humbling, it's gratifying, and hard work that goes into it. Um, but, you know, uh, it's a lot of common sense, too, about what Donald Trump have to say, has to say. And so the event, that's what we're here. Yeah, very quickly, let's put up the statement. Trump put out a statement earlier today talking about the fake news. He took shots. DNC is they always say the news is boring since I left. See, I left DC. Morning Joe, Joyce Wallace at five. Wonderful to see. I, I, he loves Newsmax. He loves Newsmax. He seems to be, I can't blame him. Uh, they seem uh, expediently taking his, his rallies and deciding when to and there from the very beginning. Thank you, Eric. Uh, you're on the team. It's great to have you here. And so about the factual Maddow in an ex-Florida and how that would cause problems. was based on a new something over to say at Mar-a-Lago. And this turned into a couple of news cycles, both on MSNBC and on CNN. Of those uh, those stories, I think, are in those numbers you just printed out. People don't like to be lied to. They don't like to be misled. And what they're, doing, they're, they're intentionally going after Donald Trump because they don't like them. But the truth is a different whole list of stories that have been in the last few months, and it's getting longer every day. Yeah, thank you so much for now, John. But of course, thank you for joining. Sure to check out his shows weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, here on Newsmax. Got every now is about race. Quest to convince you that America is racist, that you are all racist. It's about chaos and class warfare. What it doesn't have anything to do with is skin color. Though they want you to believe that it does. First, the have nots and making racism. Let's get to order um, about Trump. Here we go. So much. It was an honor to interest and best endorsement. And uh, I did notice you're through the roof, and uh, you've done a great job. Really honored to be with you and with Dan and with Ken. We've had a great team, 
and uh, the people in them, everyone is a friend of mine. Former and other, each other for a period of four. We brought the border to a level that it has never been. Mark, you have been, well, Tom, Tom, uh, unbelievable insert like Tom. Done and you shared it, and you're still doing a great job. Best border of our country. Not, it's the best ever by far. And then, uh, and large by the Democrats in Congress. And now, by the way, they're doing a dis border is your fault. You're with the border. So now there's a problem. So let's blame the sheriffs. Let's blame the governors. Let's blame everybody else but them. They're also saying it would defund them out with a... And they're, you know, it's well documented, that's for sure. Just look at AOC and look at Omar. Country doing, by the way, and they're telling us how to run our country right now. It was them, us, Russia. Everyone said, Russia, Russia, Russia. I said, what's that all about? Very friendly. Well, that's been proven to be false, not only false. It was them that were associated with Russia. It was Democrats and Hillary and the group that gave money to Russia. It's a nation campaign, and it's a terrible campaign, where they're trying to say, this is a disaster for them. Let's blame something about it and caring about it. But when your hands get tied because you no longer control, it's it's a disgrace. Dan, we worked on it, worked on it, and we discussed it every week. Right. And we had it down to a point that We'd never seen anything like it in the fentanyl because the fentanyl, and now I hear it's just pouring into our dangerous, pouring into our country. You trafficking, most trafficking was almost stopped. We built almost 100 miles of wall, despite Congress, Nancy Pelosi, and the country. We won the suits and we started, and within a few months you would have had the wall totally complete, and they ought to paint it. They're supposed to even doing that. They got to get a coat of paint on the wall. Uh, believe it or not, it does rust. Maybe that's what they like. Let it rust, let it rot. But uh, we built a wall that we get through. We had very few breakthroughs, uh, unbelievably few. It just the only breakthroughs let them walk around to the few where you have uh, problems on land disputes, etc., etc. All of those problems that have completed the wall in a couple of uh, they decided not to. Now I hear rumors that they want to do it. It's only common sense. You know, they were saying we want uh, high tech. Security and I used to go around things that will never get old or wheel. I mean when you get right down to it the wall worked really worked and uh, Again almost 500 miles of wall wondered that we were thinking about doing less important areas from the standpoint of nevertheless You are very important. We discussed and then a period of a few months. It was all dissipated remain in Mexico so important one uh, chain migration where people come in and then everybody else in with them we uh, we did a hell of a job, and we had it down to down to a point where people just weren't getting in unless illegally. And uh, again, drugs had had dropped 90 percent in some cases, and fentanyl is true. It, it almost dropped to nothing for whatever reason, but I guess the reason was we were tough. I went to the beach and did nothing. <laughs> they would have been fine. So Trump spoke too. On Fox News um, with Sean Hannity. Here's the here's the uh, show on a town hall meeting. All right, we're broadcasting from Edinburgh, Texas, right near McAllen, and I'm joined on stage former President Trump and Texas Governor Greg Abbott. All right, this is a town hall. We're going to have some questions. Ma'am, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. What's your first name? My name is Janet Brown, and I live in Edinburgh. Welcome, and thank you for being with us. What's thank your question? You. Um, I am Hispanic, 
I am, I actually came from Nicaragua, Central America. I'm very familiar with Central America because we, we, I lived there two years in Honduras and the rest in Nicaragua. I came to the United States in 1960. I won't tell you my age. But, but anyway, uh, I came here legally, and uh, it is really sad to see what's going on at our borders here. Question. My question is, President Trump, what long-term damage and destruction will Biden's open borders agenda do to the country, and what is it costing the law-abiding U.S taxpayers so it's a you know very fair question and i know you know that answer probably as well as everybody in this room it's incalculable how bad this is where you have not hundreds of thousands but millions of people storming into our country some of them as we discussed are from prisons and they're bad and they're murderers and all of the things that i said before it is there's no way to judge that kind of damage and you know, getting them out is a is an ordeal, and all sorts of things will happen. It's going to be very hard. But I will say this: it has to be now. This can't go till 2022. They all say, "Oh, we're going to win Congress." This can't go. They have to do something immediately. People are storming up. You look at some of these caravans where they have 15 and 20 and 25,000 people, and you don't know who's in those caravans. And dotted in those caravans are some of the worst people on earth. So it's a tremendous cost, and it's also monetarily a tremendous cost. You're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars. Sean, can I add to it? Yeah. Janet, what's happening here is the erosion of the social fabric of the United States of America. The United States of America was built upon the rule of law, and what the Biden administration is doing is not enforcing the rule of law. The first thing that happens for all the people they're letting in, they know they're getting away with violating the rule of law. That will erode the United States of America. It must be stopped. Let me let me pick up on and thank you, ma'am. Thank you for calling. Viva I don't know, Governor, if we should take it personally. It wasn't Viva us, you know, just Tim. We'll just leave the stage, and it'll be all Trump. <laughs> Let's talk a little politics. You're up, Governor, in in 2022. Um, I like President Trump. I'm open with my opinions. All the fake news journalists, they say they're objective. We know they're not. Uh, they have an agenda. But you've done a great job for this state. I support your, your nomination, as Thanks, the president sir. has. I guess the question is, let's talk about 2022. Really good chance you will be reelected. The House could turn Republican. And then we look at the states where Senate races are. I don't think it could be a bigger bellwether. Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolina, New Hampshire. Uh, we have Ohio, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Those are all states we're very familiar with. How important is it for Republicans to take those key Senate races? So I think without weak Republican rhino leadership, you'd win every one of them. Everyone. But dotted in there are people that you almost would say don't like this country. They don't like the Republican Party. With strong Rep Republican leadership, in charge of those states, you'll win every one of them. Without that, you won't. Governor, I'm going to give you, this is your last segment with us. What it, what it means to you to be the conservative governor of Texas? 
Listen, even in Texas, remember this, Texas is also the state of people like Beto O'Rourke. And so what we have in this state... What we have in the state of Texas is, is, is a battle for the soul of our economy. Are we going to be capitalists or are we going to be socialists? We've seen the socialist agenda through Beto O'Rourke and Julian Castro and people like that. Texas must prevail. We must keep Texas capitalism. Let me tell you this last thing that Democrats will not, and that is it's been capitalism, not socialism, that's lifted more, lifted more people out of poverty than all of the socialistic programs in the history of the world. We're not going to let the socialists take over. No, I'll say this about Texas. And it's so telling. If you take a U-Haul from California to Texas, it's about 2500 bucks. If you take it from Texas back to California, it's about 300 You're doing U-Haul a favor. Now, I know Texas is very inclusive, but if people are going to come from California and New York to Texas, I think it's fair to say they need to leave their liberal policies that destroyed their states. Fair? Fair enough. Governor, we always love having you. Thank you for Thank being you, with Sean. us. Thank you, very much. All right, when we come back, we'll return uh, a few other questions for President Trump, non-border related, as we continue our town hall. Thank you for being with us. ...about running. And we actually about running. We continue Hannity on the ground in Texas tonight. We continue with the former president. We don't have a lot of time, but let's talk about your future plans. Now, I have a funny... Let me ask the crowd of everybody here, would you like to see the president running in in 2024? going to answer, but I have to ask, where are you in the process of, or without giving the answer what the answer is, made up your mind? Yes. I think you got it right. (laughs) Yeah. When you look, you know, it's funny because I've known you 25 years. I remember when you were first talking about running and we actually argued. Remember we'd argue about certain things? Iraq and, and certain wars and everything. And then you became president. And I remember when I supported you, I said, I, I said, he will govern as a conservative. And people didn't understand. You really governed as conservative as any president in the modern day. That is your core belief. And actually, Sean, you have known me for a long time, and my views have never really changed. I mean, I've, if you look at my views, my views haven't changed. I felt this way about these crazy endless wars where we're losing so many wonderful, young, beautiful people, and we're not fighting. We're just sort of there, and we don't do it. You know, we knocked out ISIS. You saw what I did during a short period of time. Sure. Over a period of a year and a half. Wiped out the caliphate. ISIS. Not wiped out the caliphate. It, it, was, uh, it was getting worse and worse. But we got to bring our people back home. It's time. 21 years in Afghanistan. Yeah. 21 years. And so... Uh, we rebuilt our military. It literally depleted. It was it was terrible. We had jets that were 40 years old, jet fighters that were 40 years old that they didn't make parts for anymore. You had to go to the desert to get the parts. With what they call the airplane graveyards, 
and we have now all brand new planes, brand new everything, all made in the USA. No, we have to get, we have to get ourselves set. We have to reorient. But uh, the Middle East has been a disaster for this country. We've spent trillions and trillions of dollars. We got nothing. And the beauty was we didn't need their oil anymore. But now we're going to need their oil again because we're not going to be energy independent. We're not very now. Long. You're, we're I don't believe we are now. And you're, you're, when I left, it was a dollar eighty-seven a gallon for gas, and now it's three and a half. It's a, almost a dollar thirty more yeah. just since Joe's gotten to be president. Let me ask you a question, because I would argue, and I did argue on air often, that you treated a whole other standard for you. If you had sons lied on a gun permit, threw a gun in a dumpster, uh, smoked crack, uh, got money from Ukraine with no experience, Kazakhstan no experience, Russia with no experience, a $100,000 shopping spree and a $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China with military connections, I have a funny feeling that the media would go after you. It would be unrelenting. Why does Joe Biden get a pass? Uh, the Democrats get a pass. Hillary Clinton got a pass. The Democrats get a pass. You look at a guy like Bill Barr, they said they're going to impeach him. And once they said they're going to impeach him, he became a whole, he became afraid. He became afraid. I said, what's wrong with you? He became scared. They go after people. They go after him so hard and so viciously. And all of a sudden, that's what happens. Not in all cases. We have some people that are incredible. But you have some people, they get brought over to the other side for fear. And we can't have that. We have to we have to fight so strong. Look at me. They go after me with Mueller, with this one, with that one, with impeachment one, impeachment. I call it the impeachment hoax one and two. And all of this all nonsense, made up stuff. In fact, they were the ones who were guilty. They come after me. New York radical left prosecutors come after me. You gotta always fight. You gotta keep fighting. It's a disgusting thing. It's very unfair. I guess they don't call politics a blood blood sport for for no reason. If you move, you seem ready to re-engage in, in that battle. And when and you it's look, not that I want to. The country needs it. We we have to take care of country. I don't want to. Is this fun? Fighting constantly, fighting always. I mean, uh, it, the country, what we've done is so important. When I say the greatest tax cuts, now they want to raise your taxes. They want to double your taxes. And, nobody, and the Republicans in the Senate and the House but the Republicans in the Senate have to fight the taxes don't get up because that so you heard right he's running just announce it on Sean Hannity it's great President has been doing what has been failing that's what we've been talking about tonight well President Trump and once again thank you very much for joining American Agenda we continue to follow breaking work is filled with the good guys who can't perform simple testing and then idiotically release the fake results to the general public and have to walk it back i'm making a complete what of myself crap shows on on every available level absolute chaos breaking out in new york i mean it, it really is kind of an amazing thing so last night there is this shocking new information so the way that new york's mayoral race works is that there's ranked choice voting as i've explained on the program before basically you choose your top five candidates if your first candidate doesn't end up in the top two, then we actually don't throw out your ballot, right? Then we go to your second choice for the mayor. And then if your second choice doesn't make it, we move down to your third choice for mayor. So everybody's vote gets counted, but sort of in order of preference. 
And the goal of ranked choice voting, of course, is to mean that you don't have to really strategically vote anymore. Now, instead of strategically voting, you can just kind of pick the order of your candidate preference, and then it all comes out in the wash. I'm actually not a super giant opponent of a ranked choice voting, it just needs to be tabulated a lot more quickly. And so last night, there was this news that came out, where after the initial round of balloting, without counting the absentee ballots, Eric Adams had been up by about nine points in the mayor's race. He had had like 31% compared to Catherine Garcia, who had had like 22%, and Maya Wiley was at like 21%, Andrew Yang was way down at 11%. Okay, but that was before they had kicked out all of the lower ranking candidates and then checked everybody's second choices. So last night, there was information that broke suggesting that Maya Wiley was out and that Catherine Garcia had closed the gap almost entirely. According to those results, the original results, again, had this thing, you know, split 20 different ways with Eric Adams having like 35% of the vote and then Maya Wiley having like 26% of the vote and Catherine Garcia having 23% of the vote. Then, after the ranked choice ballots were taken into account, Maya Wiley was eliminated, Andrew Yang was eliminated, and virtually all of those votes ended up going to Catherine Garcia. So suddenly it looked like Eric Adams only had 51% of the vote and Catherine Garcia had 49% of the vote. And that was still before we had like 120,000 outstanding ballots that had yet to be counted. So it looked very much possible that Catherine Garcia could become the mayor of New York, overcoming that lead that Eric Adams held in the initial balloting. That's what it looked like. Okay, so Eric Adams then started protesting the election. You're never supposed to do this, by the way, right? It, it, it's, I've heard that this is very bad. That if you, if you start with the stop the steal stuff, then this makes you bad. So Eric Adams, he put out a statement. He said the vote total just released by the Board of Elections is 100,000 plus more than the total announced on election night, raising serious questions. Remember, we were talking about this kind of stuff, um... At the beginning of the November, December time. That's what's happening in New York City right now. We've asked the Board of Elections to explain such a massive increase in other irregularities before we comment on the ranked choice voting projection. We remain confident Eric Adams will be the next mayor of New York because he put together a historic five-borough working-class coalition of New Yorkers to make our city a safer, fairer, more affordable place. Okay, so when this first came out, people were like, Oh, look at that guy doubting the results of elections. How could he do such a thing? That's, oh, what, what a schmuck. Well, now it turns out that Eric Adams was right. According to the New York Times, quote, The New York City's mayor's race plunged into chaos on Tuesday night when the city's board of elections released a new tally of votes in the Democratic mayoral primary and then removed the tabulations from its website after citing a discrepancy. The results released earlier in the day had suggested the race between Eric Adams and his two closest rivals had tightened significantly. But just a few hours after releasing the preliminary results, the elections board issued a cryptic tweet revealing a discrepancy in the report, saying it was working with its technical staff to identify where the discrepancy occurred. By Tuesday evening, the tabulations had been taken down, replaced by a new advisory that the ranked choice results would be available starting on June 30th. Then around 10.30 p.m., the board finally released a statement explaining it had failed to remove a sample, remove sample ballot images used to test its ranked choice voting software. So basically they ran a simulation a few weeks ago, and then they just sort of forgot to scrub it, and then they, they actually added it in to their actual vote tabulations. Yee, yee, yee. When the board ran the program, it counted, quote, both test and election night results, producing approximately 135,000 additional records. The ranked choice numbers, it said, would be tabulated again. For the Board of Elections, which has long been plagued by dysfunction and nepotism, this was its first try at implementing ranked choice voting on a citywide scale. Skeptics had expressed doubts about the board's ability to pull off the process, and has been used successfully in other cities. The Board of Elections released preliminary unofficial ranked choice tabulations Tuesday afternoon, 
showing Adams narrowly ahead of Catherine Garcia and Maya Wiley eliminated. But the results may well be scrambled again. Even after the Board of Elections sorts through the preliminary tally, it must then count around 124,000 Democratic absentee ballots. Once they're tabulated, the board will then take the new total that includes them and run a new set of ranked choice elimination rounds with a result not expected until mid-July. So it's a complete, absolute mess. Now, Republicans have pointed out that processes like giant absentee ballots and failures of tabulation, there are ways to stop that through, you know, voter laws. And then the left has immediately declared that all of that is deeply and horrifically racist, right? In New York, this is happening, and the person who just got hurt by it is the only serious black mayoral candidate. Maya Wiley's not going to be the mayor of New York. So that is um, awkward, to say the least, if this had happened in Georgia. You'd hear every newspaper in the United States talking about the innate racism of the Georgia election system. Instead, it's happening in New York, which is just a crap festival. And now they're like, oh, well, you know, people make mistakes. People make mistakes. Maya Wiley did lace into the Board of Elections. She said the error was, quote, the result of generations of failures that have gone unaddressed and said, sadly, it is impossible to be surprised. Once again, You've seen the mismanagement that has resulted in a lack of confidence in results, not because there is a flaw in our election laws, but because those who implemented have failed too many times. The Board of Elections must now count the remainder of the votes transparently and ensure the integrity of the process moving forward. She says, I'm confident every candidate will accept the final results and support whomever the voters have elected. Uh, I, I have doubts. If Adams ends up losing, I have some serious doubts that, uh, that Adams is going to accept the results of the election. Instead, we may get a very Trumpy Adams take on the election, which would just be the height of irony. Sophisticated New York proving itself to be uh, less than sophisticated when it comes to actually running its city in pretty much every available way. By the way, if it turns out that Andrew Yang and, and Garcia campaigning together ended with Yang's voters going to Garcia and thus putting her over the top against Adams, wait for the cries of racism inside the Democratic Party. It's just going to be delicious. It's just going to be wonderful. I am here for it, to say the very, very least. So, once again... Democrats demonstrating that they are excellent at running cities. And by excellent, I mean absolute horrific crap shows on, on every available level. So, I'm, you know, is it schadenfreude? Yeah, just a little bit. Remember, it was, it was Georgia and Arizona and, and Florida and all the states that are passing new election laws to crack down on voter fraud, voter irregularity, to make people feel safer about their elections. Those are the bad guys. New York is filled with the good guys who can't perform simple tabulation. And then idiotically release the fake results to the general public and have to walk it back. Yeah, pretty grand stuff there from the biggest city in the United States and the height of sophistication. The southern border to witness Joe Biden. Now, let's talk about Donald Trump at his rally. This demolition of a... Three days ago, I traveled to the southern border to witness Joe Biden's demolition of American sovereignty firsthand. You saw that. What a demolition it was. The Biden administration's willful and deliberate obliteration of America's borders and immigration laws is a crime against this nation. We will not stop and we will not rest until illegal policies are overturned. And there's so many of them. They work so quickly. Under my administration, we stood up to the open borders lobby, and it is a big and powerful lobby, and nobody knows why. How the hell is this good for our country? People coming in, they're releasing them from prisons. They're criminals at the highest level, murderers, drug dealers. We took on the corrupt special interests. We fought the radical globalists left, and we won, won, won. We won so much. 
And then we had a rigged election, unfortunately. When I left office, we had the most secure border in U.S. history. We ended catch and release. We ended asylum fraud. We stopped the migrant caravans. You know the caravans? They're coming back. They're coming back like never before. We deported criminal aliens by the tens of thousands. We achieved a 95% reduction in illegal border crossings. And we built nearly 500 miles of border wall, really big, powerful, strong border wall. Would have been nice if they finished the border wall and they got to paint the border wall too. We needed another couple of months, it would have been complete. It took us two and a half years of litigation We were sued by the Democrats. We were sued by Schumer, Pelosi, the Democrats. Two and a half years, we won 11 lawsuits, and we started almost 500 miles. Incredible, but they got to finish it up. Just finish it up. Little sections left. Already bought, already paid for. The steel and concrete are sitting right there. Just put it up and get it done. But now Joe Biden has intentionally dismantled the border and allowed the cartels, coyotes, child smugglers, woman smugglers, the biggest smugglers, they're the women smugglers, drug dealers, murderers and savage MS-13 gang members to infiltrate our country like never before. It's never been like this. Think of it, six months ago, we had the safest border in history. Now we have the worst and most unsafe border in history. But we are helping other countries because their prisons are very soon going to be totally empty. Thank you very much. They're sending them into our country. They're saying, we don't want these people. They're sending them into our country. Biden terminated, remain in Mexico. How good was that? You can't come in, you have to be in Mexico. They were taking everybody. He ripped up our safe third agreements with Central America. You know, we had agreements with other countries they didn't want to take back prisoners they didn't want to take back ms-13 criminals at the worst kind murderers and i said well why aren't they taking them back they didn't do it during obama you couldn't get them out of our country they put airplanes all along the runway so our planes couldn't land they'd have to come back into the united states loaded up with ms-13 gang members and you've heard me say this i said to our people really that's terrible How much do we pay them? Sir, we pay them $500 million a year. You just watched Newsmax. And so now, by defunding police, and by the way, do you hear the new one? It was the Republicans. You know what they do? It's called disinformation. Like Russia, Russia, Russia. Trump was so friendly with Russia. Trump worked for Russia. You know, they say it over and over on the fake news media. Oh, there's a lot of them back. You know, I'm the one that exposed the pipeline. I shut down the pipeline to Europe. I don't think they like me too much. But, you know, they say it over and over. And so now they're getting killed by the defund the police, which they're doing, by the way. 
but they're getting absolutely killed. So all of a sudden, they said today, I heard, and there's a word, disinformation. It's called dis. If you say it enough and keep saying it, just keep saying it, they'll start to believe you. We can't let that happen. Because now they're saying the Republicans wanted to defund the police. I said, you know, I heard it for the first time. I said, you know, did I hear that wrong? Please uh, play that over again. You know, nowadays we can actually play things over again. I said, play it over again. It was the Republicans' fault. It is such a disaster what these people do. It's disinformation. They say it again and again and again. And after months and months of hearing it, and we have no free press anymore. The free press is truly gone. Other than a few sources, it's gone. So they get away with this stuff. We cannot let it happen. We have to be much tougher, stronger, and smarter. We have to be. Well, that's a lot of people. Thank you. We're blue collar now in gasoline. But good things are going to happen. Remember, we passed record setting tax cuts. We imposed massive regulation cuts. We adopted pro American energy policies and achieved, oh, it's so sad to say it because you're not going to have it anymore. Look at that beautiful price that you're paying now in gasoline. Aren't you happy at $3.50? You know what? In a year from now, you'll be extremely happy at 350 because it's going to go a hell of a lot higher. 187 to 350, but we had it done. American energy independence, I was so proud of that. We fought for fair trade because every country in the world was ripping off the United States. The European Union was almost as bad as China, but nobody wants to say that. You know, it's Europe. Nobody wants to say. And then we got them to pay NATO, NATO. $430 billion because they weren't paying their bills. So I said, listen, you're ripping us off on trade. You know the expression, how many Chevrolets do you find in the middle of Munich? Not too many, like maybe one. I doubt it. I doubt it. And yet they send their cars in by the millions. Now, they didn't treat us well and they don't, but uh, big changes were ma being made and made and made. But together we built the greatest economy in the history of the world. Think of it, before the plague came in. Before the plague came in, and then when the plague did come in, the China virus came in, we did it again. We did it again. And you have a great economy. If we didn't have the strong foundation, and the radical left used to look for any country. India at the time was doing pretty well. Look at how well India is doing. Now, really, how well is India doing? They got a lot of problems. Look at how well this country, this country, they have suffered at a level that nobody ever thought. But all these countries, they were, and they were only doing it to try, try and compare us to a country that they thought at the time was doing well. They didn't do too well. Because what India and others are going through right now is not even thinkable. Not even thinkable. And what we're doing now is we're, if they don't kill it with inflation and all the factors, because you're going to see some things that are happening that are very bad. They're doing some very dangerous and very bad things. But we've never had an economy like we had before. And we built it because the foundation was so strong. Remember this, we had 160 million people working. We were never even close to that. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American. 
women, women, young people, people with a diploma, people without a diploma. People from MIT, Harvard, and Wharton, they did great. People that didn't go to the best schools did great. Everybody was doing great. And actually, I was getting calls from people on the left. Let's get together. I'm telling you, it was starting. I was starting to see that there was going to be unity. And then we got hit by the plague and we had to get to work. But I was starting to see things because they couldn't fight it. We never had better employment numbers. We've never had every group than they had ever made before. And the biggest beneficiary were blue collar workers. It was a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm telling you, had we not been hit by the plague, this country would be very unified. I really believe it. Can you believe that? And I'm never sure, you know, I wouldn't have said that, but I was getting calls from people that you would not have believed, very friendly calls. They couldn't believe what was happening. And then we got hit and we had to do it again. And we did it twice. We did it twice. During the pandemic, we produced three vaccines in record time. Three to five years, they said. And they said, but it probably won't. What a difference. What a difference. And you have to have your freedom is to take it all of that. But what a difference. What a great thing. And that's for the world. Had we not had that, we wouldn't all be here tonight. We wouldn't be here. It would be a whole different world tonight. And I'm talking world, not just the United States. What we saved, I think we would have had flu. That's what I believe. Close to 100 million people, they say, died. But while Joe Biden now went in for all of our successes, do you remember during the inauguration, he said he created the vaccine? I said, no, Joe, we gave you the vaccine on December 11th to keep you safe, Joe. His radical agenda and far-left policies have already begun to destroy our country. Biden sold the American Keystone XL pipeline. Can you believe that? 48,000 jobs. And he approved the Russian pipeline to Europe. It's not even... And they say, Trump wasn't tough on Russia, really. I stopped their pipeline. The single greatest source of income for Russia was their pipeline. I stopped it. And this guy immediately let it go through. So what's that all about? Trump wasn't tough on Russia. And I actually had and have a very good relationship with President Putin. But that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. And until the plague came in, I had a very good relationship with President Xi of China. And I have a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un, that you can actually have those relationships. And you know what? And with the European leaders, even though they knew I wasn't going to take their nonsense, because they rip us off at a level that you've never seen before, outside of China and a couple of others. Biden re-entered the job-killing Paris Climate Accord. Okay, that's going to cost us a trillion dollars and you have to close a lot of factories. It was a big mistake to do it. China doesn't kick into that deal for many, many years. Russia kicks in at the lowest level and we're going to pay trillions of dollars for that. Lose lots of business. It's a disaster. You know, one thing that happened, the World Health Organization. So when I pulled out of that because they blew every conceivable thing having to do they said, keep your country open, I closed it. Don't forget, you know, people said, why didn't you fire Fauci? I said, I didn't have to. I always did the opposite of what he said, so why should I fire him? He said, keep the country open. And I had a good relationship with him. Honestly, I had a pretty good relationship. He said, just call me Tony, sir. I call him, just call me Tony. He said, sir, just call me Tony. He's a hell of a promoter, though. Don't you agree? Remember, 
No masks. Masks are terrible. Don't wear masks. And now he's a uh, radical masker. Have three masks, and if you can, put on goggles and a helmet. Because someone ate... I wrote a book about liberal privilege. I wrote a book about liberal privilege. All of those things have unfortunately come true. But this is what we are to believe. Remember, it wasn't that long ago. You can't possibly say that the China virus originated from the lab in the town that the China virus originated from, despite the fact that scientists are studying that very disease right there. Because, because guys, it came from three feet outside because someone ate a bat, right? There was literally never a time where the Wuhan lab leak theory wasn't the most plausible theory out there. And yet, if you said that, you're canceled, you're thrown off, and you see it, you saw it a couple weeks ago. The scientists came out, well, you know, uh, yeah, we kind of knew, we just didn't want to agree with Trump. Because that's how science now works, right? Math and science no longer have to abide by the rules of math or science. The rules of physics no longer apply if it's not bolstered by a mainstream media who probably never took physics. That doesn't matter anymore. It's about narrative, right? That's how science works. About fact, it's about what the Democrat Party and their marketing arm, the media, would like to be true. Think of the damage that done. Look at the clown Anthony Fauci, right? He was made a deity. Well, guys, if you read his emails, it's clear he either doesn't believe in science, he didn't believe in people much smarter than him, or he chose to ignore it because he never met a TV camera he didn't love. He wanted to be on TV. He wanted to be loved. He wanted to throw out the first pitch at a baseball game. That didn't work out so well. Unfortunately for America, for your families, for your businesses or your places of work, it didn't work out well either. Just think of what his decisions cost our country it's like he's the mvp of a baseball game but he's playing for china true story right who's gonna parlay this one into a win and guess what joe will do nothing because i'm sure they're gonna get a great return on investment from all the money they sunk into hunter biden Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please join the conversation. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Told you so, America. Now you'll see it, and hopefully people will come to their senses. But 
They are. They get it. The buyer's remorse out there is palpable. The media and big tech, they did their jobs. They made sure that regular Americans that don't perhaps live and breathe politics, they made sure they didn't hear about anything. You know, all the, the long list of things. Oh, wow. Had I known that, I wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. Oh, that's great. Hunter, China, the sex trafficking links. The, I mean, it, it goes on and on, right? Imagine it was Don Jr. with the Hunter laptop from hell. Right? Imagine it was that. I mean, look at what they've done. Whether it was Russia, 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 Mueller hoax, Ukraine hoax, Don Jr. commit. We're on like version 15 of Russia, Russia, Russia right now. Just this way. It's never going to stop because that's what the Democrats do. Right? All the things that were conspiracies. Right? You know the difference between a conspiracy and the truth these days? About six months. Right? Please fact check that one, CNN. Please, I'm begging you. Right? Well, Trump was right, right? He was right about Wuhan lab. No, but seriously. At what point? True story. commission to honor America's founding within hours of taking office almost immediately great people were put on that commission great great patriots he canceled the National Guard of American heroes who was going to the great state of Tennessee and he announced one year ago tonight to celebrate this was announced about a year ago was going to Tennessee we were going to build beautiful magnificent statues to the greatest people in the history of our country he canceled it. Why? Why would you do that? It was going to Tennessee. The Biden White House publicly took the side of the Olympic athlete who denounced the national anthem and who shunned our great And in place of old-fashioned love of America, the Biden administration has new rules pushing hateful Marxist critical race theory into our children's schools and into our military. The poisonous left-wing doctrine is flagrant racism it's plain and simple it's pure plain racism it has no place in our schools in our military or in our country when we take back congress republicans must defund immediately critical race theory in our military and refuse to pass any spending bill that does not stop these mind trainings and restore order to our borders. With Joe Biden and the radical left, it is always America last. It's America last. Look at what he's doing. It's America last. Other countries are laughing at us. They are. They can't even believe it. You just watched Newsmax. And the author of Disloyal. By the way, 
Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Who? Who shot Ashley Babbitt? We all saw the hand. We saw the gun. No reason for it. Who shot Ashley Babbitt? It's got to be released. And how come so many people are still in jail over January 6th when nobody paid a price for the fire and carnage and death that took place in Democrat-run cities throughout our country, including Antifa and BLM? How come? How come? All right, this weekend in... There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no enemy we cannot match. There is no challenge we cannot be. There is nothing we cannot do. Because we are Americans and our hearts bleed red, white, and blue. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never back down. We will never, ever surrender. My fellow Americans, our movement is far from over. In fact, our fight has only just begun. You know that. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. So with love of America swelling in our hearts and the spirit of July 4th, 1776 stirring in our souls, I say these words to you tonight. We will make our elections free and safe again. We will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Sarasota. Thank you, Florida. Enjoy the fireworks. Thank you, everybody. We're video chatting, remote learning, and gaming. How about that? That rally sounded so good. It sounded amazing. They had fireworks. They had amazing stuff there. Here's our song of the week.
That's great stuff. Biden had pulled out some notes to answer a question on Russia. Here we go. takes out the uh So that's crazy. That's ridiculous. Meanwhile, Biden's July 4th. Here we go. From We are emerging from the darkness of years, a year of pandemic and isolation, a year of pain, fear, and heartbreaking loss. Just think back to where this nation was a year ago. Think back to where you were a year ago. And think about how far we've come from silent streets, from silent streets to crowded parade routes lined with people waving American flags, from empty stadiums and arenas to fans back in their seats cheering together again, from families pressing hands against a window to grandparents hugging their grandchildren once again. We're back traveling again. We're back seeing one another again. Businesses are opening again. We're seeing record job creation and record economic growth. The best in four decades, and I might add, the best in the world. Today, all across this nation, we can say with confidence, America is coming back together. 245 years ago, we declared our independence from a distant king. Today, we are closer than ever to declaring our independence from a deadly virus. That's not to say the battle against COVID-19 is over. We've got a lot more work to do. But just as our declaration in 1776 was not a call to action, was a call to action, not a reason for complacency or claim of victory, was the call to action. The same is true today. Back then, we had the power of an idea on our side. Today, we have the power of science. Thanks to our heroic vaccine effort, we've gained the upper hand against this virus. We can live our lives. Our kids can go back to school. Our economy is roaring back. Don't get me wrong. 
COVID-19 has not been vanquished. We all know powerful variants have emerged, like the Delta variant. But the best defense against these variants is to get vaccinated. <laughs> My fellow... He coughs when he says, get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. What does he cough? Patriotic thing you can do. So please, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, do it. Do it now. For yourself, for your loved ones, for your community, and for your country. You know, that's how we're going to stay ahead of these variants and protect the hard-won progress we've made. We never again want to be where we were a year ago today. So today, while the virus hasn't been vanquished, we know this, it no longer controls our lives, it no longer paralyzes our nation, and it's within our power to make sure it never does again. And for that, we can thank the scientists and researchers, the educators, and all the other frontline and essential workers, like many of you here today. So that's Joe Biden. Ridiculous speech on July 4th. Meanwhile, first responders and residents of Miami Beach honor the Surfside tragedy with lights and sounds. Surfside sirens. Strong, a show of solidarity tonight for the families and victims impacted by this tragedy. Miami Beach Fire shining a light for their Surfside neighbors. Fire engines, ambulances, and patrol boats were lit up just after 9 p.m. this evening in a symbolic gesture of unity. The amazing show comes as the city of Surfside mourns the loss of so many friends and family members in the collapse. Meanwhile, conservative um, talk show host, Joe Rogan, has been canceled by the left, left um, wing media, um, media and Democrats. Joe Rogan is a great um, talk show host. He he um, talks about different stuff. Talks about um, a lot of stuff around the world. What is happening? What is what is going to go on? And what is what he thinks about the country. Here's a um Here's um a small clip of Joe Rogan Um, let's say, hold on. Here's Joe Rogan from CNN, um, talking about CNN. With my new TD double up credit card, I really... You do? You guys like... For democracy, I mean, Europe was all This is his co-host. we overthrew the monarchs. The, the monarchy's pretty much lost, and the ones that are still there are like, monarchies in name only, you know, England, and stuff right. like that. Um... And then in the next decades, 
you had the rise of Hitler, uh, Stalin, or Lenin, and then Stalin. And you're like, oh man, those, those monarchs don't seem so bad all of a sudden now, you know? <laughs> like, oh shit, it turns out you could get rid of something and something much worse can come after it. You need a full-length plan. But for Obama, who even goes, you know, I, I think he acknowledged at one point that Libya was his biggest mistake. And he said not having a plan for the day after uh, Gaddafi was overthrown was a big mistake. And it's like, yeah, I sure wish we had just lived through Iraq. Like, how could you not see that coming? Right. How could, I, how could you not be like, oh, yeah, and then after that, still tried to overthrow Assad in, in Syria. Right. And you're remember like, wait, so you don't see this? That? Oh, yeah. Do you remember when they gave that speech, when he gave a speech on television, and everybody was like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh, yeah, 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 just, uh, it kind of just went away. It was one of the most beautiful moments in, in modern American history. People really actually stood up and stopped a war from happening. Yeah. So instead, they just uh, covertly funded the L. So the reason why the left really hates him, because he tells the truth, guys, he has been canceled. Jorgen, you're a great guy. And I'm going to continue listening to you. Meanwhile, a Newsmax reporter was attacked during a uh, report. Involving Antifa, conservatives, demonstrators. And correspondent James Coog. Where a trans woman. Was attacked by Antifa. Vic meanwhile, in Victoria... Victoria's rules around masks could be relaxed as early as this week. Let's go live to Patrick Murrell in Melbourne now. Pat, good morning. They'd no longer be mandatory in offices. That's right, Pete. Businesses in the CBD have been pushing for this rule change in quite some time. Occupancy in offices in Melbourne CBD down to 26% of pre-COVID levels as employees choose to work from home where they don't have to wear a mask. Under this rule being considered by health authorities, workers would not have to wear masks in offices where they're around people they know all day. They would still be mandatory, though, for clients and customer-facing roles, as well as in most indoor locations, including supermarkets, retail and on public transport. Restrictions in Victoria were scheduled to be eased last week, including boosting stadium capacity like at the MCG to 85%, but that was put on pause amidst uh, escalating COVID outbreaks interstate. Health authorities at the moment considering whether to unpause that this week. A decision could be made as early as tomorrow. One rule that won't change in the immediate future, Pete, though, is the classification of red zones in Greater Sydney and parts of Queensland Victorians there told they could be interstate for the long haul. Pat, thank you. The arms race continues as extra GPs join the rollout, distributing the Pfizer vaccine. Right now. To begin, unfortunately, coronavirus making its way back to the top of our show today. The increasingly rampant Delta variant doubling its spread here in Israel. So Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and the health ministry working feverishly to nip it in the bud before infection rates return to their worst. ITV's Hannah Rifkin with more. An upcoming coronavirus cabinet meeting set for Thursday to discuss the return of previously lifted restrictions and all in hopes of slowing the spread of the infamously infectious Delta variant. And this as active cases doubled over the past two weeks, including over 60,000 people currently in isolation. Possible restrictions also including limits on large gatherings, the reinstatement of the Green Pass system, and the requirement of even vaccinated parents with COVID-positive children to isolate until receiving a negative test. 
The current statistics putting the infection rate at 0.7%. And as of Monday morning, there are 343 new cases, bringing the active number of infections to 2,597, with 35 in serious condition, and the death toll now at 6,428. That said, there is reason to stay hopeful. Outgoing Health Ministry Director General Hezi Levy saying, quote, we're not close to what we've seen in the past, and it's nothing like the caseload we've had earlier. Though experts at Hebrew University in Jerusalem claiming that if no further actions are taken to rein in the outbreak, Israel could once again see 1,000 new infections per day within the next two weeks. Bennett again pleading with citizens to cooperate and for parents of children's 12 through 16 to continue getting vaccinated, especially as tens of thousands of vaccine doses near their expiration date. שבוע שעבר אנחנו קראנו לנוער מגיל 12 ועד 16 להגיע להתחסן ואני שמח לבשר שכבר 100 אלף בני נוער Meanwhile, Alan West has an announcement running for governor of Texas in 20, for 2022. Here we go. Texas, our Texas, all hail our mighty state. Texas, our Texas, so wonderful, so great, boldest and grandest, withstanding every test. O empire wide and glorious, you stand supremely blessed. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong, so that you may grow in power and worth throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong so that you may grow in power and worth throughout the age. Alan West is running for governor in um, in the state of Texas. He's running for governor for the 2022 candidacy against, guess who? Greg Abbott. Alan West most likely will not win. Meanwhile, a storm is hitting the keys of Florida. Let's go to our our storm watcher in Florida. Go ahead. Specialist Brian Norcross to talk more about Elsa and what we see now and how things could get for us later. Hey, Betty, I think the uh, bands that you talked about are going to be the story with Elsa. I've numbered three of them here, and the one that came through Miami-Dade, lifted north through Broward, now is up west of the Palm Beaches in Palm Beach County for the most part, the heaviest part. We'll call that number one, and that's just kind of rotating around, so that's going to rotate out of the area. Then we have one out here, kind of on the fringe, that rotates up in toward the center. And then the big one is this one right here, it's band number three. And if the other thing to notice on the satellite here is look at the west side of the storm. There is nothing here because we have upper level winds pushing everything to the east and we have some dry air out there. So kind of not too favorable atmospheric conditions. Now, so here's the timing on uh, the center of it, remembering that the bad weather is on the east side. And you see uh, coming off tonight off the Cuban coast and then overnight being kind of a beam of Key West in the overnight hours. National Hurricane Center forecasts how far out the winds over 45 miles an hour 
are going to be, and you see they have that covering the lower keys. So that's why the Hurricane Center has put up the tropical storm warning for the lower and middle keys, because this isn't really an exact thing. That's the idea. By the way, this orange over here is winds over about 60 miles an hour. So the strong winds look like they may be near the dry Tortugas, but not affecting the lower keys. So here's the story. Uh, more likely uh, winds uh, for the lower keys, but the good news of this is the tropical storm force winds are not even indicated for uh, Miami-Dade and Broward except in gusts. So we're going to watch our friends in the lower and middle keys. That's going to happen overnight tonight into tomorrow morning. HIA Remodeling is looking for homeowners who want to save big. Call right now. Get a house full of windows for as little as $99 a month. Don't wait. It's FHIA Remodeling's Beat the Heat Sale. Just call 888-828-FHIA. Call now and save big. I'm Chief Meteorologist Betty Davis tracking Tropical Storm Elsa forecast to pass near the Lower Keys early Tuesday. Here's what to expect for the lower to middle keys, 50 plus mile per hour winds at times. The upper keys could have winds gusting to near 40 miles per hour and plenty of heavy rainfall with the rain band, some two to six inches of rainfall possible. Gusty downpours at times for parts of Miami-Dade and Broward, but the worst of the weather will be for the lower and middle keys. You can always get your seven day planner at local safety concerns at other residential buildings. One apartment complex in Miami Beach has been evacuated because of structural concerns. Local 10's Amy Viteri is live with more on what's next for them. Amy. Well, this building behind me remains vacant tonight after what a city spokesperson is calling an abundance of caution. It's we're getting new details on the demolition of the standing tower that you saw live here on Local 10 last night. Yeah, Governor Ron DeSantis talking to reporters about the difficult operation today. Laren Livingston is live to continue our team coverage. You can see the rain is falling here and the weather is just one of the challenges that these rescue workers have been having to deal with ever since this unfortunate collapse. But guess what? You can look back there. You can see the track hoe is still working there on the site. The cranes are up. This rescue effort is in full force, thankfully in part because now this building has come down even quicker than many anticipated. A week and a half ago, unimaginable destruction leading to an unprecedented decision for what appeared to be an unerring demolition. Around 10.30 Sunday night, what remained of Champlain South came down in a matter of seconds. I think it went perfectly. I think that uh, the objective was to keep it off the existing debris pile, get it to fall down without impinging upon any of the streets and, and buildings. The planning began just days prior. The search and rescue efforts paused as demo experts began preparing the building, boring holes, strategically placing explosives to bring the building down in its place. Officials say the looming uncertainty of Tropical Storm Elsa, unstable weather conditions, and an unstable structure forcing their hand. Had that building fallen over the original pile, well then, the evidentiary issues, the search issues, all of that would have been much more difficult. Well, last night I see all, all the building falling down. Ushering in yet another chapter and challenge for 64-year-old Ileana Monteagudo. I, I lost everything. I lost everything. She narrowly escaped the initial collapse, raced down from her sixth floor unit. She and her son watched the demolition from her hotel room put up by the Red Cross. She was able to save up all her life to buy there. Well, she can't do that again. As the rescue efforts resume, she wonders where she'll go from here. Who will actually help? 
and when. Don't forget the, the people that survive because we, we have to start again our life. Most, most, most of us from zero. The Vatican has confirmed Pope Francis. Meanwhile, Pope Francis. He's alert and he's well. A day after undergoing a three-hour operation that involved removing half his colon, he required surgery due to a narrowing of a portion of his large intestine. There are reports complications arose during the procedure, but the Vatican has yet to confirm any of those. The 84-year-old is expected to stay in hospital in a special suite reserved for popes. Onto the UK. Uh, now, in two weeks, it's going to be Freedom Day. That means no restrictions at all. The the point of it is that two-thirds of the adult population have been vaccinated so far, so they are way further down the track than we are. But but what do you make of the levels that Boris Johnson has chosen? Uh, look, Boris Johnson is desperate for any good news. His government is a train wreck. His government is racked by scandal. His government is racked by claims from his former advisor that he's incompetent, he's unfit for the job. Boris Johnson is crazy, so yeah, that's ridiculous. Meanwhile, in... So Lockdown. numbers are going to be released later on, as always, but I do want to start off with some state issues, first of all. I know, you, as a Sydney sider, I want to get your thoughts on it. We just had the Deputy Premier, John Barillaro, on this morning. He, yeah. despite the cases remaining... At SAS, we love... ...remaining higher than they would like, he's quite happy with the balance that the state has struck at the moment. It's, it's a lockdown, but not, not the hard lockdown that we've tended to see in the past. What, what's, your, what's your take on the state's approach so far? Oh, look, I think the state's done what they've had to do. If, uh, you know, if we hadn't gone into lockdown, then there'd be a lot more people with the virus in Sydney today than there is right now. Uh, we're still seeing positive cases every day, so I think we're all on tender hooks waiting to find out from the Premier whether the lockdown's going to end on Friday or not. There's lots of businesses that have had to shut, lots of clubs that have had to shut, uh, that need to know whether they'll be able to reopen on Saturday or not. So hopefully we'll get some good news today. Hopefully we'll get some more certainty uh, about whether the lockdown ends at the end of the week. Is the message in some quarters not getting through those? I mean, you've got a party that happened at Meriton. You've got the NRL yeah. Dragons players having a party. And I'll ask you about that separately in a second. Um, you've still got aged care workers who aren't vaccinated. You've got a student nurse who wasn't vaccinated, which means there's a shortfall of some 600 staff at two Sydney hospitals now. I mean, there's, there's still a bit of work to do, isn't there? Oh, buddy. So, yeah. Listen to this. Well, Democrats have attempted to take America's birthday and twist it into another opportunity to express their wokeness. We're going to break it down with our panel, com uh, the Common Sense Cowboy, Patrick Dornson, and former executive director of Black Voices for Trump, Harrison Floyd. Welcome to both of you. Harrison, I want to go to you first. I, you know, <laughs> I want to begin with talking about this tweet that was put out. We just talked to Eric about this uh, from uh, Representative Cory Bush. Take a look at this. When they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. I mean, what the heck is she talking about? I don't know what she's talking about because I'm black and I sure feel pretty free. And I uh, certainly enjoy my freedom in this great country. And uh, I think it's pretty ironic and um, 
I, I really don't understand it because for eight years previously, underneath the black president, Barack Obama, this wasn't an issue. We didn't have people uh, kneeling for the flag, burning the flag, turning their uh, backs to the flag during the Olympics. So uh, I, I don't know where she's going with this, but I would like to ask the congresswoman and figure out if she does think this is a problem, what does she intend to do about it? Right. Um, I called her office. I didn't get an answer. And so, you know, she, if, if this country is a uh, congresswoman, you know, is she admitting that she's just a token? I, I don't get it. Yeah, well, the, the irony is that she's literally in a position to change the law, and all she does is complain about it and doesn't propose anything except for crazy stuff like the Green New Deal. Uh, you know, they only said fireworks are apparently racist. I want to pull up a tweet by National Geographic. All right, it says, scientists found that vulnerable people and communities of color are disproportionately exposed to air pollution from fireworks celebrations. I mean, what the heck is going on with this? Well, you know, you got to look at the whole picture. And this is just one little insight. I started college back early. This wokeness began in Vietnam era, and you had a bunch of leftist professors who did seeds of socialism in the minds of baby boomer college students who were kind of anti-war and anti-government and anti-America already. So that, And these baby boomers then figured out how to take control of America. Number one, they became tenured college professors so they could fill the mushy minds of a couple generations of kids with all this poison. Next, they got into the bureaucracies of government at all levels, knowing that's where the real power is. Next, they took over the media and made it a propaganda arm for the Democratic Party. They took over Hollywood. They took over television. And they now even have taken over corporate America. And the military, who the anti-war baby boomers used to hate, are somehow their best friends now, and so is the CIA. All this time, conservatives had been asleep at the switch, being in think tanks, writing stupid papers, while the working men and women of this country got sold out by not only the Democrats, but also got sold out by the Beltway Republicans. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hashtag nailed it. Um, Harrison, you know, this is another one. Vanessa Williams, over the weekend, she sang the Black National Anthem at the uh, Capitol Fourth event. And the network, obviously, now facing a lot of backlash, but it's like... You know, it's one of these things like this was the, the allegedly the party of unity and stuff like that. And, you know, America is unique in the sense that every country, every major empire country establishment has had some form of, of something they'd like to correct. Something which like uh, for us, we'd love to have be able to wipe slavery off the face of the fact that it ever happened. However, you can't do that. All you can do is learn from the past. So, you know, we want to bring unity. That's what the American flag stands for in the national anthem. You know, it, it sings that. However, now they want to bring the black national anthem, which is further dividing our nation based on skin color. So I, I ask you, Harrison, how is this helping? I don't think it's helping at all. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. There we're one nation under God. And I think this also speaks to what Patrick mentioned a little bit before about how the conservative part to addressing race and the issue. Um, what, what does playing the black national anthem really do? What does it hurt? It doesn't hurt anybody, but it certainly hurts Republicans when folks go on and say, we shouldn't do this because then it makes you look uh, racist. It hurts Republicans when they say, we shouldn't have Juneteenth as a federal holiday because it makes us look racist. So the GOP needs to do a much better job addressing this because if we don't, we're gonna have a really big issue when it comes to uh, winning in 2022 and 2024, and we're gonna have a lot more more to worry about than just critical race theory in our education system. Uh, falling for the bait. This is something that we really were successful with the Trump campaign with Black Voices for Trump and the coalition. 
the Trump campaign was able to, you know, pull out more votes, uh, non-white votes for uh, any Republican. The GOP couldn't win uh, those two Senate seats down in Georgia, which is a predominantly 30 uh, percent of the population of black. So we really have to address this. Right. Well, Patrick, you know, Harrison actually brought up a great point where the, maybe that plays into the Democratic narrative. Where they say, hey, you know, when when Republicans come out and say, look, let's let's stop with the white, black, blue, green, whatever, the, the individual piles of people. Let's just be one America. How do we bring that message back? I got about 30 seconds left. Well, first of all, I think we have to remember something. The Republican Party, if they're smart, which I kind of doubt sometimes, they should understand they're the party of the working men and women of this country. And I mean every color, every creed, every religion. I don't care what it is. We're all together. And the people running this country are the elitists. And the elitists have a whole bunch of different colors. And we better start remembering in this country what the great Republican president, the first Republican president, Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We better get our act together and conservatives better get ready for a fight. Well said, I can't say anything else. Patrick Harrison, we appreciate you joining us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed the, the podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed your uh, July 4th weekend. Um, and truly great weekend. Um, we had a great, wonderful weekend. Um, and... I enjoyed it truly, especially um, with Donald Trump's rally. A reminder that this coming Wednesday, uh, Thursday is the Siam of Mesechta um, Yuma. For those who are um, finishing Mesechta Yuma, the Talmud of Bavli of Yuma, Mazaltov, um, and um, for those who are finishing that, uh, get your um, join the Avi Solansky, Rabbi Avi Solansky, Clear and Consent Dafyomi on YouTube. Clear and Consent Dafyomi um, for Mesechta Tsuka. Um, starting Friday, um, we will uh, do that. Have a wonderful um, weekend and week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming and listening to our show. God bless America, and thank you for tuning in.